Welcome back to Just Chai. We are so happy to be back with you. As we started developing different ideas for this season, we were thinking about last season and some of our favorite guests and some of the guests that you also shared that you really enjoyed hearing from. So some of them are going to be coming back and talking with us. And one of those guests joins us today, Crystal, and she's talking to us about the mind-body connection. Hope you enjoy it. girl hey hi (laughs) I was like recording in progress (laughs) oh man I was just listening to y'all's podcast I still didn't finish it so happy to hear your voices at the top I was like smiling so bad you got the classic uh emoji tea do you know who bought this for me who this looks like I got it from the junior department right yeah (laughs) Do you know who bought this from my mom of all people? This makes no sense that she would buy this from me knowing her. She cracks me up. Good morning. Buenos dias. Hey girl, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on sounds, over there? Sounds like I'm hungover, but I'm not. This is just me. What did you do last night? Nothing. That's the I watched a new show called The Righteous Gemstones. Have you guys heard of how that? How is that? OMG. Is it good? I'm like totally addicted to it. It's so the it's HBO good. shows are are so good. I remember I watched Succession. I binged oh. through like the first couple seasons of it, and then I watched the most recent season live. And that whole thing really mirrors the whole Rupert Murdoch empire, yeah. and it's so scandalous. Love it. <laughs> really, really like binge worthy TV. We like scandalous. <laughs> Why I'm watching yeah. Love's Blind right now. Okay, I've heard about that. Blind, yeah, that's a great show. Yeah. I binged all of Brazil. I'm waiting for the last episode of the Japan edition. And then I'm waiting for the last episode of season two of the US version. Nice. Don't tell me what happens. I haven't gotten far enough. <laughs> okay. But I did see Brazil. That yeah. was good. Culture is a yeah. real thing yeah you know? it's a thing <laughs> it's a thing ain't an emoji thing so what's on your Maybe. mind crystal what's on your mind tell us what's so, ticking crystal talk to us tell us what's going on so yeah we were talking about the the mind body yeah it's on my mind a lot isn't it <laughs> and then it's in your body and that's how they're connected <laughs> yeah isn't that crazy but it's funny because i knew we were going to chat about it and i just typed a couple words into Google per usual, right? Right. And it's stuff that I already know, but I was like, I found this website on the University of Michigan and they they have like some kind of program where they're really doing a good job like spreading awareness about it. I'm like, way yeah. to go. And they have <laughs> way to go, University of Michigan. I, yeah. I'm gonna like share it or some or share it with you guys at least so you can see. But they gave a great example and just made me think about it and segmented this morning and was like, wow, uh, this lady, she has her own business, right? She has diabetes. And her name's Julia, but they were just like giving an example with her picture. She has her condition under control, right? She knows what mm-hmm. she needs to do for her diabetes. And she does this and she does this, but guess what? She gets anxiety. She gets stressed out. She's running this business. She has to deal with all these people. And then it went into the point of, Hey, she goes into a coma at least once a month, if not twice a month into her diabetic coma, because she's not 
listening to the stress hormones and the anxiety that is telling her body when she's getting low, when does she need to take a break? Also, when does she cortisol? Yeah. I mean, you guys know it's, it's all connected. We're over here. We're operating in society. We're working, we're professionals. Like you're trying to do it. And now as the years go by too, we're encountering different conditions or situations or accidents. And I always share openly with everybody, my thing, it's like my neck uh, is killing me. It, it's actually been bothering me a lot this week. Mm-hmm. And even waking up this morning, I feel like, like I'm almost like hungover every morning. And I'm just kind of like, oh, and I'm sleeping a lot because it's bothering me. Right. But there's a lot connected to why is that? Because I did not feel that the other week. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a full moon, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. And I know full moons exacerbate everything. They take everything that you have any emotional connection to and they like blow it up. I didn't even check. I should have checked with Amy. <laughs> yeah. Why did, why didn't you call your girl? Cause I would have given you your astrological forecast. Exactly. There's your mind body connection right there. <laughs> mind body universe connection. Universe. Um, it's true. Like your body gets all its information from the computer, which is your brain. Sometimes we think we can ignore one and focus on the other and, you know, interchangeably. It doesn't work like that. It it doesn't. No, but we're encouraged to do that with modern Western medicine. If you're, you know, just going in that direction, they, I get so angry and it's nothing against any doctors out there and anybody in the system on that. It's just that, yeah, like if I know more. I'm walking out of that office and you can bet I'm going to find another one. Right. Cause I ain't no doctor and I don't want to know more. <laughs> That's what's happening. I think more and more, a lot of people are walking into their doctor's offices, more educated and empowered about what's happening. A lot of them, they're, they're not there because they're, I think their education is maybe more compartmentalized and mm-hmm. They're, they're more focused on treating symptoms. Of course. Allevi- alleviating symptoms rather than the cause. I think that's the biggest criticism of Western medicine. What it's good for, it's great for. Yeah. You want to go to a surgeon, you go to, you go to a, you know, a Western surgeon. They, they know how to do all of that if, if need be. But if you're trying to treat a chronic long-standing mm-hmm. issue, it's not the greatest starting point. There's so many factors too, you know, like you were talking about crystal and until you sort of take them apart and figure out each one and kind of measure this and tweak that. And, you know, it's kind of like a a recipe, you know, to kind of figure out what's going on. And so much of it is you can't do like you're saying, Amy, with a doctor, some of it is just lifestyle and back to the basics, right? I know we talk about that, but things like, am I getting enough water? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I having downtime? I know for me, that's like a constant thing is, am I resting my brain? (laughs) Because there's a lot that the brain has to do during the day. And we sort of underestimate what that takes out of us physically, as well as mentally and emotionally. And then we wonder why we're so tired, right? Yeah. Sultana is so good about reminding me about that. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Basics. Back to the basics. Well, I I mean, I can tell you my mom has underactive thyroid and my grandmother had. And now 
of course I have it. I've had it for quite some time. And her doctor, you know, would check her levels and then put her on a higher dose of the medication that she needed to help regulate it. And she's so tired of taking pills. Like she's just like, I'm over this. I don't want to take any more pills. So she took it upon herself to do research into how to treat underactive thyroid using herbs and spices and, and things like that, you know, using food as medicine, which the whole other part of the world does this. Yep. Ayurvedic, so, right? Yeah. Ayurvedic medicine. So she studied it. She bought all the ingredients. She powdered everything, grinded everything up. She has this giant gallon size mason jar with all of the concoction in there. And every morning she religiously has been taking her, her dose of that and doing nothing else. She hasn't been exercising because, you know, she's still recovering from all of the health stuff from last year. Hasn't been doing really anything else, just taking this concoction and of course her medication. And she would get her blood work checked every four to six months. Doctors were like, we should lower your medication because your thyroid isn't as underactive as it was the last time. And this kept happening. And they finally were like, what are you doing? And she told them, she's like, well, I don't want to take all these things. I want to do something different. Like I eventually want to get to a point where I'm not taking medication. And they couldn't understand it, but they basically were like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. We'll lower it and we'll keep checking it. That's amazing. And it was so, it was such a good feeling for her because she, she took it upon herself. Like they give her the diagnosis. She's had it forever. And everyone has something. None of us are walking around without something, right? We're all carrying something. And then that seed gets planted that, oh, I have this. This is a thing that I have. This is part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And you code it in your brain. And then the solutions are all around us, but we're so focused on the problem that we have. And there are so many different kinds of solutions to these problems. I think the process of like doing the research and I mean, Crystal, you're, you're going through this right now. Like the doctors are failing you and you're like, well, I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm doing everything I can. And it makes you, it's almost like this neurofeedback you get from like doing the work to learn the thing, to heal yourself. And then your body's like, oh, I'm investing in myself. I think I'm going to heal a little bit. Let me add a little more grace to the body. And it's just this, it's this loop. The more you invest in learning and advocating for yourself, the more you start to get better. I think. I totally agree. (laughs) What do you think, Sultana? Because I agree with that. Amy's dropping the big words, neurofeedback. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Biofeedback. It's on fire. You know, the body knows the body knows what it knows. And sometimes it's going to, it's like an alarm system. That's going to scream at us until we do something and we get to sort of figure out how we pull in all these resources, whether that's from Western medicine, Eastern knowledge, our own lifestyle and things. But I think Amy's absolutely right. When we are taking action, 
taking positive action to make those changes, the body will respond because it's like a child that's not being paid attention to that child's going to scream and cry and yell until it has what it needs. Absolutely. And like you said, I've been experiencing this in such a real way that it's just blowing my mind. Like you guys know, it was just a few weeks ago. Obviously I have this thing with my neck, right? The herniated disc and whatever it's called. Okay. That's on my neck. And they tell you about that and your options. And now as I've been trying to go through, I've been working out, I've been doing these different things, right? Trying to be more mindful, meditate, get my mind more clear because it's affecting my body. And then also going through some whatever traumatic stuff, some stressful times in the last year or two is amplifying the injury. It's like, there's a physical injury, but then there's emotional and mental stuff that's affecting that. And they're all playing. It's like, they're doing a dance together. Right. And we're, there's strings and there's volume. And this dance is like, it keeps changing. And just a few weeks ago, I reached out to you guys. Cause I didn't even want you to see my face because my yeah. skin out out of nowhere in like the most weirdest way, a different kind of breakout. And it started a few months back a little bit here, a little bit there. And I thought oh, maybe this is connected to my medication maybe. And I tried to figure it out with the doctor and by myself. And then all of a sudden it's like, it just blew up and it went all over my body, my chest, my back, my face. It looked like I had leprosy or something, right? Wow. Like when you guys saw the picture, that was like the yeah, next you could definitely You could definitely tell looking at you that you're, you were going through some kind of stressor, some major stressor yeah. that was inflaming your body. I've, I've been through things like that and they're horrifying. When your body feels like it's shutting down, the only conclusion you can come to is, oh, I'm dying. Great. Okay. (laughs) It was a good run. So I had sent some crystals, some resources when this was happening. And so Louise Hay, she wrote a book. She is sadly passed on, but she'd written this amazing book, You Can Heal Your Life. But she talks about the skin representing your individual self. She says the skin protects our individuality. It's a sense organ. So if you're having a skin condition that's happening, then yourself is being attacked or feeling attacked. It may not be like, obviously in our primitive ages, we were having to fight off saber toothed tigers and things, but in modern day, we're fighting traffic. We're fighting attacks to our ego, right? We're fighting for enough time on projects at job. But when you're feeling that threatening stuff coming up and then past wounds and traumas are coming up, the old gunk comes to the surface. That's really like, those are, those are what like zits are, right? (laughs) It's that old gunk coming to the surface. So it's, it comes up and then it's like, help me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. When Sultana sent that to me, that was mind blowing because I told, like, I didn't even realize it until the next week because I started listening to the Louise Hay meditations and that one she sent me and now I've gone down the rabbit hole and it's been helping me a lot. I don't know about you guys, but listening to some of the positive speakers like that, that do the meditations, but they're also like answering people's questions and they do it a few different ways instead of me just meditating on my own. Like I need it all. Like I need the word. I need to meditate. And then guess what? And then I get to share with other people and give a word yeah. too, because you're feeding your well too. It is really crazy to think about it because I mean, we are taught to treat them as two separate compartments, 
all the time. Think with your head, not with your heart. You don't actually physically think with your heart. Your heart is an organ. The limbic system is what we associate as our heart. It's our emotional center. And that's in the brain. So everything, everything we experience happens in the mind. I'll share an example of something that happened a couple of weeks ago. I haven't read hands in like two years. And um, mostly because of COVID and also because I was kind of at a point where I was wanting to take a break from kind of just doing that energy work because it was getting really intense over a long period of time and I was feeling tired. So I had an opportunity to read for a group of women uh, not that long ago at um, a really low key chill kind of house party, pajama-esque house party, mocktails, <laughs> dessert. Oh, fun. Yeah, yummy, yummy food, you know, just relaxing, lots of puppies, fuzzy socks, that kind of vibe, right? So, which is basically my entire existence. <laughs> <laughs> basically me every day. So anyway, I was invited to kind of hang out with these women, really amazing women. And uh, I was given an opportunity to read hands because I had spoken to one of them and I was like, you know, it's been so long since I've done it. I, I don't even know if I've still got it. You know, like that whole concept, if you mm-hmm. don't use it, you lose it. Like, oh, what if I've lost it? You know, I was having all this other stuff about like feeling old and crusty and like, oh, you know, those phases come and go. So she's like, well, we're having this thing, you know, why don't you come? It, it would be a safe environment to test, test it out. You'd have a really receptive group of people, super supportive. So I was like, okay, sure. I went and there's this phenomenon that takes place that I haven't experienced for two years when I'm doing a reading. Crystal, we've talked about pain in the body a lot, and I'm almost always in pain. And you get so used to the pain, you don't even acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You don't even recognize that you're feeling it because you're so, women in general, I think, are really good at acclimating pain. We always experience it. And we're not really made to feel like we're allowed to comment on it because it's just a feature of our existence. But that sort of spills over into other kinds of pain, you know, like just general aches and pains from aging or inflammation or whatever chronic situations you've got going on in your body. Bottom line, always in pain. Never really talk about it in you know public settings or make announcements about like, oh, everything hurts. Internally, I feel it. The only time I don't feel it is when I'm giving a reading. Wow. So I sat there, by the way, it is really difficult for me to sit in one position for, an, for longer than five minutes. I always have to shift. I have to stretch. I get up. I sat on the couch in the same position for over an hour. I want to say it was like an hour and a half. And oh I God. read for five or six women. I did not feel any discomfort in my body, any. For me, I wholeheartedly believe that the brain has Mm -hmm. the ability to shut it off Mm -hmm. when it's doing something that serves itself, Mm -hmm. when it's doing something that is bringing something in, energy in. And when you think about giving a reading or doing really anything that feels metaphysical, that feels meditative, Mm -hmm. 
when you're doing that, you're activating all these other parts of your brain, all the electrical energy is going elsewhere. I mean, I would have to look at a PET scan, but I think it moves away from a lot of the motor centers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, there's a physiological reason why that's probably happening, but there's probably yeah. also a spiritual reason why it's happening. Kind of, they're kind of two sides to the same sandwich. They work hand in hand. It's not one or the other. They work together. And when I left and I was driving home, I was kind of driving in disbelief. Like I wasn't aware of my body for the first time in a really long time. Hmm. Like the only time I feel that way is if I'm in a pool of awesome. water. You know, like if you're floating yeah. in water yes. and you're not having to do anything, it was like that. And I mean, Sultana is a very uh, disciplined meditator. She does it all the time religiously. And so I'm sure she could comment on like how she invites that feeling in a little bit every day through meditation. But everybody has something that's like that for them where they kind of disconnect a little bit from their body and go to the other place. Oh, yeah. I love that story, Amy. That's beautiful. It, and it's hopeful, you know, because I think for so many people who suffer, whether it's from like chronic pain or just that general blase from the, the many, I mean, we have so many organs and senses and different things going on in our bodies. They are walking computers. And so any one of these things could be afflicted at any time. And so when you think about something like that, it takes you out of that activation. Yeah. Like you said, it raises you to this next level. Crystal, what does that for you? Yeah. I was going to ask you that too. Cause I was just thinking what Amy said about being in the water, whether it's hot or cold type of water therapy for me, I do both in the shower. I love it. As yeah. hot as it can go red lobster yeah. and then I'll put it cold. And because for the muscles, heat helps sore muscles. But when you have a nerve issue, which I have oh. as well, the cold, whether it's an ice pack or cold water helps soothe nerve damage and nerve injuries and issues. Yeah. And pain. I've learned that over time. And then dancing, as you guys know, is part of my jam, which probably makes no sense to- at times because it actually probably amplifies the inflammation by the next morning I'm waking up and I'm like, holy moly. I'm telling you, I relate to that so much. The (laughs) dancing piece, I have a story about that, but yes, a hundred percent. In the moment, whether I'm doing my Zumba dance class over here at the gym, which you guys know, I've gotten into that in recent months. Thank God. Um, it's helped me so much just jumping in those classes and getting in that flow. The it, I get lost in it. It's the creative flow. Just like what you're talking about, reading hands, reading palms. It's my creative flow. It's lighting up parts of my body and my where I'm not feeling the pain at all. But when I stop, I'm like, oh, how did I just do that? Because now I'm thinking about it, yeah. right? Now I'm aware, but I was not, I was in the flow. I let everything go and it feels so good. And even if I'm, slightly paying for it the next day. Right. Cause there is some, I have to watch out for the inflammation and kind of do what I need to do to take care of my body and be mindful and aware it's so much better. It's so much worth it than laying around, not doing any physical activity, still in pain. That pain to me is worse. You know, yeah. the creative flow, the arts, the acupuncture, you know, Amy's reminded me to get back in there to do the acupunctures. And so has Sultana. 
No, my wedding reception, I, I danced. I was the last person on the dance floor and I was in those horrible heels for the whole day. And I was in pain all week, but then something happened when I heard music. It took me out of my body, which is strange because you use your body when you're dancing, but it took me out of my body. And I think there's mm -hmm. something about going to like child place, which is what happens when you're dancing, you play, you go into a state of play. If you're doing it right, you're not thinking about how yep. you look when you're dancing. Yep. You're just letting all that energy, you're shaking all that energy out. Mm -hmm. That's why I love it now, because I finally learned how to let it all go. And it's taken years. I'm not saying I'm some kind of an amazing dancer. It's not that it's, it's enjoying that, that flow and letting go and not being worried about how you look. That's a big part of it, whether it's dancing or you're doing another sport or whatever it is, right. Acting. You guys have talked to me about acting before. I think yeah. that was something. And that's in the arts. That's a form of treatment and with the mind body connection, doing anything in the arts, whether it's painting or your music, you know, Sultana is an amazing singer and it's like, God, I wish I could sing, but I had to do acting cause I couldn't sing. So <laughs> you're very sweet. <laughs> you know, true. just yeah. talk like talking about this conversation, uh, you know, the Mayo clinic is, is highly respected and they have patients from across the spectrum who are dealing with a range of conditions and they, actually do work on mind body studies. They've done some mind body studies there for patients who are suffering from a variety of things, whether it's surgery, patients and caregivers, breast cancer patients, all kinds of things. And this is what they say. I'm just reading this verbatim from their site. Mind body techniques focus on strengthening a harmonious connection between a patient's mind and body to maintain or improve health. Techniques include meditation, deep breathing, stress management and resiliency training and music therapy. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's true. I think all of us, we have our own sort of stories and things that we do, but, but their studies show that they are applying the Western sort of prescribed treatment, whether that's medicine or chemotherapy or other sorts of things, but then they're going and doing these other things. And I had the opportunity to participate in a study at the national institutes of health for a condition that I have 11 years ago. So these were the foremost researchers in the world working on this condition. And I sat there and thought, oh, they're going to give me a bunch of medication. I'm going to sit in a hospital bed. I did sit in a hospital bed, but what I was doing was I was going, I went to a crafting class where I put together a bracelet. Crafting is not my thing. Y'all know that even though my mom's an art teacher, I don't, I'm not a crafter, but you know, I will say it was, it was good. You know, I made a little bracelet. I went to a room where I experienced a guided meditation. I sat down and talked with a psychologist there were just all these other activities that they had built around it. And I remember when I left the study, yes, they were able to change around my medicines and, pre and prescriptions to something that would work for me. But then they also said, you know, Sultana, you have to keep in mind, there is a, your body and mind, it's a holistic system. So for you, you have to think of yourself as this circle. And there's all of these pieces in the circle, your community, family, your health, your stress levels, exercise, all of these things. And you've got to be filling up all of these buckets 
And if something feels off and your condition starts changing and it's affecting your body, one of these buckets is probably off. And that has informed me over the years. And so some people say, oh, Sultana, I can't do what you do. You run all the time. You do this and that. For me, it's not a choice. The choice is between being healthy or feeling ill, because I know when I'm not working out, I don't feel well. When I'm not meditating, I don't feel well. I know what it is to be at peak health for me, maybe not for an elite Olympian athlete, but for me, I know what that feels like. And I know what it feels like when I feel ill. And I know that, oh, let me go and look at my buckets. What's not getting filled. And that has, that has informed so much of my life over the last 11 years, because it puts me back in the driver's seat, which I think a lot of us take ourselves out of power as patients. We say, oh, the doctor has to tell me what's wrong with me. Yes. Mm -hmm. I might get a diagnosis and that might help me to inform the treatment that includes all these things like dance and meditation and and, and music therapy and walking and whatever else we need to do. But that that's not going to give me all of the answers. Sometimes we have to tune back into our body and just think, what does my body need now? What does my mind need now? And remember, we are this kind of complicated system. Wow. I'm so glad you got to do that. That reminded me that's, it's like a customized program basically that you've been able to kind of be in a model you've been able to use and always go back to. I feel like Essentially, that's what I'm trying to put together now as I'm learning through these months of what's going. And I have changed doctors, I've changed providers, like what you're saying, because it's like you give your power away and that affects your mind, which affects your body. Anytime you come back and you feel like, wait a minute, I'm out of control here. I feel like check back. Is your health provider actually helping you and encouraging you to be your own health advocate or are they just dictating to you. And now you feel, then go find another one. I tell people that all the time because I worked a little bit in for that therapy company, you know, in the medical Mm -hmm. healthcare field. And I was constantly encouraging people to do that when they would listen, because it's it's hard. It's hard to find someone who will give it to you straight. I'll tell you, I'm fortunate because I have a friend who is in the medical field and I was able to consult her and share with her kind of the laundry list of everything I was going through. And she gave me, you know, she was like, well, it could be this, but here's how this is the attitude you want to have when you're walking into um, a medical professional's office. These are the things you should be looking for from your medical professional. Ooh, give us the tips. So I was telling her one of the things that I've noticed is doctors, they come in, they have their own agenda. Sometimes they don't you don't want to spend that time kind of really listening. Mm-hmm. And they've done all this research about how you pick up so many more clues listening to stories than by asking your patient questions. And you all, you guys know I'm a storyteller. So I often feel this anxiety when a doctor comes in, like they're not going to spend more than five minutes with me. I need to be really quick and hit the bullet points really fast. And then, you know, They'll send me for blood work or, you know, tell me to lose weight. Do you know how many times I've been told, oh, just lose weight and it'll, it'll be fine. I've been every number imaginable and it's never been fine. Mm -hmm. So I, I was talking to my friend about this and she's like, you need to go in, you need to tell the nurse the you know, who's usually the first person who does the intake and just tell her like, look, 
I need to make sure that this doctor is someone who's going to spend time listening to me. Oh. It's really important that I have the time to fully explain the situation so I can get their input. Is this something the doctor can do? Mm-hmm. Right? You let them know that first so that they can go and advocate for you to the doctor and say, this patient really wants you to be able to spend the time. And especially if you're a new patient, I mean, it's super important because anybody can go on a website and write a bad review and they all know it. So I did that this last year because I had a whole, all new doctors. And with every doctor, I went in and said, I really need time to, to tell the whole story because this is a saga. This is like a long-standing story. I've been misdiagnosed so many times and I just don't have the time to waste anymore or the money that served me so well because every doctor sat, listened, took detailed notes. And because I made myself the priority and not the doctor in the appointment, I got better treatment. Like all of my diagnoses were different this time around. They sat and took the time to really listen. It's so scary going to see doctors. Most of us are terrified when we go because we're like, oh, what new problem am I going to end up with? Mm. A lot of it is about hearing yourself tell the story of what you've gone through and express the desire to be better. Like you have to hear yourself say it. Oh, my stories are really powerful. So if anybody gets anything from this, episode make sure your doctors are willing to take the time to listen to your story and if they're not find someone else because there's always a better doctor out there there's always a doctor who's like super invested and ask ask people like ask the nurse practitioners like how is this doctor is this what can i expect is he or she or they going to spend the time to really listen to me and they'll tell you because i've done it and they tell me that That's is great advice. Sage advice. I was going to say too, just your friends, family, word of mouth, anyone that'll rave and highly recommend yeah. a doctor, a medical provider. It's like, go with that too, instead of just blindly picking and choosing, because you'll have a much better result rate too. And paired with what you're saying, I think that's great. I didn't do exactly that, Amy. I wish I would have probably. But I learned quickly and I've adjusted. And for example, I found a great health provider through um, someone I had just met who's doing my eyebrows. Wow. (laughs) Didn't know her. We connected. She's doing my eyebrows. We started talking about health, physical conditions. She raved about this health provider. And it's, for example, I'll just tell you, it's a concierge medical provider. So they don't take insurance, which is great. So if you have a gap like me switching jobs, it's affordable. It's only $60 a month to be able to go have an appointment, get prescribed whatever him. Listen, not limit my time. He spent over an hour with me. The first time I met him, I've met with him two or three times. And there's an app, for example, that I can always type in a question or if something happens, like when my skin condition came up, I'll send him a picture and be like, look at what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? And I mean, this is very few and far between, but he's, 
I can't say good enough things about this man. He's just amazing. And he listens and almost like you're talking to a friend, like what we're doing, but yeah. he's a professional and he's professional, but he's taking that time just like we do with each other to listen and take the notes and put them in. And as we tried a few different things or he listened when I said, you know what, I've tried this. I don't want to take this anymore because it's making me feel like this. So I'm not doing it anymore. Right. No problem. You have to listen to your body, like what you're saying and advocate for yourself. And then they have to listen and work with you and be willing to try different things and then let up on the medicine when it's like, I don't need any more medication because guess what? I told him I started working out again and I'm eating. And so I'm back on track and I'm feeling better. He's like, great, keep it up. Like, let's keep working on this. So it's like integrating both sides, even though he's on the Western side because he understands. (laughs) Yeah. And we can't underestimate that power of caring. I mean, I think it's kind of like what I mean, I think if I was to summarize what Amy said, it's, it's find someone who cares enough to listen. Right. And sometimes it means you have to change doctors. And I mean, you both know I'm going through this process where it's, it's this strange thing. And it just occurred to me the other day that all of the doctors that I've had for the last, you know, anywhere from six to 11 years have left their practices and are no longer accessible to me. And so I'm having to change over all my doctors and I had a great experience where I saw a new, a nurse practitioner and she sat down and she listened to me and I, I did what Amy was talking about. I told the story and you don't realize how many things matter until you're sitting there and the words are coming out of your mouth and you're like, Oh, I forgot about that. Oh. And then they start, you know, a really good healthcare practitioner will start asking probing questions. They will hear in between what you're saying and pinpoint those things because they have all that know-how they've studied, they've went to school. So they know how these things are connected in the body. And, and what was amazing was that she was asking me about lifestyle. She was asking me about how I felt about certain things. And I thought those were that curiosity. I think we underestimate that power. Like when you have a practitioner who's really curious about it and is willing to sort of do that investigation and discovery and say, let's try this, let's try that, let's try that. And then that's going to get us closer. You know, I used to be fascinated with that, you know, that show house (laughs) with all the medical mysteries. Right. But, but I think what was great about him, even though he is, you know, he was a little bit off the wall, but he was relentless in his pursuit to find what was really going on. What's the thing underneath the thing underneath the thing. I'm going to find it. And when you find a practitioner like that, that's going to go with you on that journey. That's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. I'm so glad you found that practice crystal. Me too. It's simple. Like it's one provider versus like having multiple doctors and connecting them all. But it's like, that was where I needed to rebuild the foundation. And sometimes yes. we have when things happen and everything falls apart, that's how it felt for me. And I know you guys have (laughs) all been through it where everything's falling apart. And I'm like, that's it. I have to rebuild everything. New job, new doctor, new place to live, new this, new that, like everything. (laughs) It's so important. You know, when you're not physically feeling well, it informs your mind of how you like emotionally feel about yourself. You know, they've done so many studies about how 
if you're experiencing issues with your gut health, that's your second brain. That's your, that's the second place where you're processing how you physically feel and emotionally feel about yourself. I mean, like everybody knows if you're constipated, you're in the crappiest mood, like literally the crappiest mood, right? And the minute you go, you feel like everything's possible again. There's a reason for that. And seriously, gut health, I'm sorry. I know I harp on this like every two episodes. Gut health (laughs) is so important to mental health. Like it is directly connected to depression, anxiety, everything. Everything that we process with our chemicals in our brain is connected to gut health in some way, shape, or form. That's a really good barometer for what's going on in your mind, in your head, is how are you processing food? You think about food as information, right? You're you're taking it in, you're processing it, you're expelling it out. The same thing that happens to your mind is literally happening in your body. So if it's off-center in one, it's going to be off-center in the other. So sometimes if you heal one area, the other will start to benefit. Um, Because a lot of times, you know, investing the time in meditation or any of those so-called woo-woo things (laughs) can be like, if you're unfamiliar with it, it can be a little daunting. Sometimes it's great to start with something practical. Like, for example, if you're having digestive issues, targeting how to heal that without medication. Medication's great, but see what things you can alter and change and then build off of those wins. And then you may start to see some things change, you know, emotionally, mentally. You may find yourself not wanting to sleep as much or wanting to, you know, clean a little bit more because you're feeling a little more optimistic about life. You may be more inclined to be like, you know, I kind of do feel like maybe taking a short walk to the mailbox, you know, this little incremental changes, but, and then that physical, piece will then inform how you're emotionally feeling about yourself. It's really kind of cool. So you can start at any point in the cycle and it will eventually connect. That's the benefit of it. That's a great way to explain it. And it's so true. And I've felt it and I've seen it and experienced it just like you guys have. And it's like, so when I fall back into an old path, I'm like, I know this. Why, why am I falling back into these old, where's my toolbox? Oh, I need to go outside for a walk. Oh, I need to be drinking this juice that this holistic physicians told me about a million times. I need to be doing this. And why am I not doing it? Why am I self-sabotaging and resisting the very thing I know, I know will help. Why? How often, how often do people get their vitamin D levels checked? Right. You know, like vitamin D if you really like study it, oh my God, it's connected to everything. Yeah. Um, your physiological, neuro, your neurological health. And, you know, fun fact the darker your skin is, the less inclined you are to absorb vitamin D from the sun. So you have to be out in the sun longer. So it's a good thing to get checked, especially if you live in colder climates, so that you can supplement it through diet or vitamins. That was, that was a really cool thing I learned some time back that I always have that little dropper, that vitamin D dropper by my bedside. If I haven't been out that day, I'm like, oh, let me make sure I take some. That's a good hack. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's worth getting blood work done once a year just to get a full metabolic panel, see where everything's at, because a lot of times those things can really change the way that you're feeling about yourself. I'm laughing because I was so fixated on that and I have procrastinated and waited so long to get all my panels checked and this yeah. and that. And, and now that I did, plus any like immuno flags, I was going through this in the last few months, I was for sure convinced that I had an immune autoimmune mm-hmm. disorder or one of these other things, because I kept researching it and my, my brain's going haywire trying to figure it out. Right. And my body and sh- sure enough, Oh, you're great. You're not deficient in anything. Actually. I, we don't have any immuno flags. We don't have this. You're good. So turns out it's psychosomatic <laughs> for me which is really mind blowing, but it's also yeah. like, wow, you want to talk about power being your own health advocate, mental health advocate. I'm over here like, wow, I really am holding the keys and the mm. rings. Can I just say how much every person benefits when we share our health stories? You know, when we are sharing with each other, like our health situations, the more we hear about it, the more we learn about how to pay attention to our own bodies. How much of what we've been able to accomplish has happened because you heard someone else who went through something and it triggered something in you where it's like, oh, maybe I should explore that because I've also been feeling that way. Like we shouldn't hide it. We shouldn't keep it to ourselves. We should share it and, and talk with you know, people we're safe with. Absolutely. That's why we do this. It's like, and you know how I feel. I just start almost like word vomiting. I feel like sometimes just on every, cause I just, I get so excited. I want to share. And then I look back and I've said it three times, but Sultana's sending me that link, just that one little link. And you guys have both shared a million things with me, but at that time it was just what I needed. What you needed. Like, yeah. Because then now I've gone down that rabbit hole, which is a good rabbit hole for me. <laughs> Not a bad one because I do a lot of rabbit holes, but thank God, because it's really helped me maintain my positive outlook and turning everything around. I'm so extreme. I can go extreme this way or that way. And it's like, I try to stay balanced, right? But I'm not so much of a balanced, lukewarm person. So then I'm almost like forcing myself to be someone I'm not. Yeah. So And then you get a rash. And exactly. And then you get a rash because you've abandoned your identity. (laughs) Exactly what I learned. That was a powerful, I've, I've got to figure out which one that was. Cause that particular meditation on this, I was in tears because everything she said in there was stuff that I have been experiencing in my life for years. She talked about holding your breath. So many of us are shallow breathers and we're not even aware of it. We don't even think about our breathing and the breath. I know. And it's, and we're holding in those emotions, right. And all the a lot of the bad negative emotions when we're not, we're not letting it flow out. And I've done a lot of that emotional release too, ever since I listened to that as well, because I'm holding on to so much. One of the things that, you know, coming out of that video, one of the things that Louise Hay shares is depending on what body part is you're feeling has an issue in that moment. She has these different affirmations to say. And so I thought I would share this to kind of close out our conversation. Um, cause I thought it was so beautiful. And this is the one that was related to skin since we're talking about identity, which is so core to who we are. 
she shares this affirmation. I lovingly protect myself with thoughts of joy and peace. Mm-hmm. The past is forgiven and forgotten. I am free in this moment. It's pretty good. That's a good daily one. <laughs> it feels like floating in water. Thank you, ladies. You know. Thank you. Tears. <laughs> I'm a little misty. <laughs>